I just don't see the problem with racism in our country. Like, I'm not bothered by it. And then refuse to see it. Like, of course, you would just be like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't like, ever bring that bitch to my house again. No. It's like the yeah. classic meme of like, girl, we can disagree on pizza toppings, but not racism. Welcome to FaceTime Chats, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything related to living life as a human. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Anne. And we are your hosts. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are going to talk about friendships. But before we jump into the main topic, uh, if you are familiar with our previous show, thank you for following us to this new domain. We used to be Divorced Dames, a separate podcast where we discussed our experience and growing process from our divorces because that's pretty much how we became friends is we had that shared experience and our divorces brought us together. Yeah, there's um, also just random episodes of random things um, because as we discovered, as we were growing as people and growing as women and growing in our experience that we were kind of outgrowing the continued conversation around divorce. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So you can still hear the podcast. It's still live and active um, on any of your streaming platforms. Enjoy that for, you know, however long we choose to keep it up. But we are really excited to move into this new space, this Mm -hmm. new arena where we can really just kind of talk about everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So in relation to our friendship, um, I guess we can talk about a little bit of, you know, just some orientation of our story. So yeah, to I was start- gonna try to like write, I was gonna write a whole fairy tale for us today <laughs> and like turn our friendship story into a fairy tale. But, you know, work hates me. So I got so busy that I wasn't able to do it. It was gonna be really fun. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it a whirl. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Once upon a time, there were two women who were kind of acquainted. They knew each other a little bit. They knew each other in passing. But they came together when one fair maiden named Antoinette reached out to a mutual friend named Roxanne and said, "Stephanie's getting divorced, right?" Mm-hmm. We need to be friends. Give me her number. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep so, going. Here we, so here we are after a phone conversation and text messages. Best friends living our best lives. <laughs> <laughs> and that is whole middle part. loosely how the story goes. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Give me her number. Happily ever after. <laughs> we have lived happily ever after, though. Aw. Yeah. Aw. And eventually we'll be Grace and Frankie together. Listen, <laughs> I, I can hear the waves crashing. It, it's kind of anticlimactic. Well, I'm not anticlimactic, but, you know, being from the beach, like, but I love the beach. But right. I don't know what it's like to fantasize about living at the beach because I grew up at the beach. Yeah. And part of me kind of wishes that... I had that because I feel like I could appreciate it more than I do. But then it's something about it is like in my blood. Like I could never be not near the water. Right. I um, almost fantasize about an adorable fairy tale cottage in the woods. I love cottages. Ugh, but there's still like, I love the beach too. It's nice. Although the well, older I mean, get, then the more, you know, self-conscious about my body I get. I'm working on it. It's fine. The less I'm, like, excited to go to the beach. I don't know right. why. I need to work on that. I need to work on that. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely never excited to put on a bathing suit. But I want to work on it, too. But, you know, I was thinking, our cottage could just be at a lake. That's so true. Sort of, sort of both worlds. At least the water's there. Maybe one of those huge lakes where you can't see the other side. So it will kind of feel like a beach. Yeah. And then you'll have the woods. That's right. And then but for Halloween, then I can dress means... up as creepy lady of the lake and come out of the water and freak you out dressed in seaweed. Well, then that's going to affect um, 
how you feel about that choice based <laughs> on what I was just fixing to say, oh. which was um, <laughs> that the only way we were going to live in this cottage in the woods on the lake is that you're going to have to permit me to excise my gun beliefs <laughs> in our home. Okay, I only the do part of me that makes not you. 16% Republican, which we will talk about that next week. How the hell that's a thing, I don't even know, but fine. Because, yeah. Okay, well, maybe I'll adjust that. All right, let's not let this show get off the rails now. Right, We're talking okay. about friendships. We're talking about our friendships. You guys see how we are when we're together. But I want to ask you, what is your favorite part of being friends with each other? What's your favorite part about being friends with me? Ah, I think that's a great question. And there's many, many reasons. I will say... Well, first of all, because you are a deeply caring and wonderful woman, like you genuinely care about your friends and you make a point to understand them and talk to them and listen. And I think you and I share that desire for a deep friendship. Um, you know, there's, there's different people that have like a lot of different friends and they can have a lot of like light conversations and small talk. I hate small talk. It's the worst. <laughs> I like to get more into deep conversations and as different as we are, you are so accepting of my weirdness and you love me for it. And as different as we are, I love everything about your silliness and your independence. I mean, well, we're both independent. I'm not, I'm not about to say that I'm not independent. I am independent, but anyway, just the layers and levels of our friendship and how open you are with me and us, I deeply, deeply love and I hold in my heart. Like it's a friendship that I know will never, it, it will never end. Oh, friend. Oh. I love you. I love you. I was actually going to say, you started to talk about it, but I was going to say that my favorite part I mean, there's so many things, so many things. I love you, <laughs> friends with you. So many incredible things. But I think that what probably most encompasses my favorite part is your uniqueness that makes you so unexpected sometimes. <laughs> so, like, for example, the memory that we talked about before we started recording that we won't include in the show. <laughs> that memory for me was just so great because it was just so unexpected. It's like here I thought that I pretty much understand Stephanie. And then here's this new thing that I would have never expected would happen. <laughs> and I think it's fan fucking fantastic. Oh, so, I love that. Well, I have to ask you, what is a funny memory you have of me? Outside the one that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Outside of that, which shall not be named. <laughs> uh, or shall not be discussed. Um, So many, first of all. That's another thing, though, that I love about us, is that there's so much laughter in our friendship. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. So, okay. <sighs> Funny memory. Speaking of divorced dames... Stephanie and I had a lot of conversations about when we get, like, when we are officially divorced, when everything's finalized, what do we want to do? We agree we didn't really want to have a quote-unquote divorce party. Mm -hmm. I do not celebrate divorce, or for me, it wasn't celebratory. I won't, I'm not casting judgment on other people, but, like, for me, even yeah. though my relationship was um, hectic and traumatic, um, and there was a there was a lot that I had to deal with and am still recovering from. Even in that, when I think of my divorce, I don't think of it as this cheerful time in my life. I think of it like a death as a part of me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm taking us down the road though. But anyway, that's how I feel about it. It's a good side road. <laughs> yeah. And so I and I think that you kind of felt the same way. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we were like, no, we're not doing any kind of a party. But, you know, obviously, let's, we need to be together. That's going to be mm -hmm. a, just a time that's just, you need so much support. Um, okay, so <laughs> now we'll get back on the road. 
So that's the backstory. So then Stephanie's divorce was finalized before mine. So we were going to dinner and we were going for drinks. And uh, you, my friend, I love you so much. You have this very bad habit of not eating. Yeah. Particularly when you're drinking, which is such a weird time to be like, just kind of like, conspicuously like a non-eater like it's like the first time that you have your first sip of drink when you know you're gonna be drinking you're like all right I'm not eating it's just really weird it it is weird I I, my hunger goes away when I drink yeah so (laughs) (laughs) because of that after (laughs) after getting dinner done quote-unquote I ate um I don't remember if our friend I don't know if Roxanne ate or not I think we ordered appetizers and stuff okay not um, like a meal meal. It was like an apps and drink kind yeah, of a night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we ate except Stephanie who just drank. And then we went to <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to the bar. Of oh, course, because we were out for drinks. Nobody drove. We were like, you know, whatever is good and, and right with the world. Anyway. So in the bar, drinking, laughing, having a good time, drink after drink after drink. Um Long story short, my precious friend gets hammered. <laughs> hammered. And in the middle of getting hammered, oh, no. has a whole anxiety attack. Yeah, that was rough. And, yeah, that was rough. And then I'm, like, trying to help her out. Like, obviously, it's time to go. So now it's just, like, help Stephanie get out of the bathroom and out of the door so we can just all go home. And got the bartender trying to kick us out. Oh, no. I've got this under control. Just give me 10 minutes. I promise. Not my finest moment. Yeah. So, anyway, (laughs) there's just all this chaos. I got to set the scene so that people understand how just, like, amazing this event was that occurred. So, that's the scene. Chaos. Our other friend's drunk, running in the bathroom without any of our purses. And I'm like, where is our stuff? And it's just bananas. Oh, but then, so I corral everybody. We get our shit. I corral us all out. Like, we're leaving and going home. So we get to your apartment. And I'm like, oh, my. You just, like, first of all, you just, like, fall out in the bed, right? Mm-hmm. You're just trying to process, like, what's going on and everything. And I'm like, all right. Let's get your shoes off. Let's get your socks off. I don't know if you had socks, but whatever. Let's get you in pajamas. <laughs> da, 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 da. And you're just like this, like, you know, this willing body, at least, that'll, like, kind of move around to get all these things handled and telling us, like, where your things are or whatever. But it was the moment where I was like, okay, so, you know, we're in bed. You got your water. We're all kind of, like, talking and kind of just, like, comforting you a little bit. And then you were just like, wait, I got to brush my teeth. (laughs) I was like, okay, fine, yeah. Sure, brush your teeth. I mean, you should brush your teeth before bed, but the fact that like you're lucid enough to know that you should brush your teeth, teeth. let's do it. And then not only was it that you had to brush your teeth, you had to do it like on a certain amount each side. And so I'm sitting here watching you in like your long t-shirt and like your all messy hair. Okay, (laughs) shit (laughs) with your toothbrush. On the side of your mouth, whirring, and you're here counting. One, two, three, four. Like, I swear it was like the scene out of a movie. Like, I wish that my eyes were cameras in that moment. Because I was just like, what the fuck? And then I was like, all right. Clearly, you're fine. I'm going home. Like, when I see you standing there... One, two, three. Like, I'm, you're good. I'm good. I'm going home. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was so funny, those. Oh, girls make sure she needs 30 seconds in each quadrant of her mouth before she goes and passes out. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. That is absolutely hilarious. Yes. <laughs> it's very true. Wasn't my finest night, but. Um, <laughs> I had to have them teeth brushed. <laughs> I'm so glad that it ended on an upside. Like, I'm so glad that that moment was the end of the night. Because it's just yes. like, when you think about 
it, it swear it was just like a movie. Just all, everything that could go wrong started just to go wrong. And then, you know, got home and you're good to go. Like maybe the Lord was trying to tell us that we should have just been at the house the whole time. Maybe. <laughs> I could have been it. Yeah. That's funny you bring up this story because honestly. I want to apologize. Y'all hear all that squeaking in the background. It's my dog and it's, it's her so squeak Um, <laughs> I didn't think about that before we started recording. I'll probably take it from her. <laughs> but that's, that is what that is. Oh, Lila, little puppy. Um, no, I, I'm actually glad you brought that story up because the whole teeth brushing thing, your reaction, I remember your reaction vividly. I may not remember much vividly about that night, but that I do. <laughs> surprising because, girl. Oh, man. And I just remember your reaction was just like, okay, uh, you're good here. I'm going home. But I didn't take that as, like, judgment or annoyance. It was just like, no, like, because you did. You took care of me that entire yeah, night. Like, my job is done. Like, yes, you were just like, okay, my goal. <laughs> you're, you're good. You're safe. Roxanne's here with you. She's going to, you know, help you get to sleep. I'm going home. Love you. Bye. Because I myself, <laughs> I'm now exhausted. Exhausted. I'm going home. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I feel like I went home and I like ate ramen noodles and passed out myself. Yeah. Like that that became one of my like regular post drinking drinks or foods was ramen noodles. Mm. All right, let's pause for a second so I can take the sweet toy from her. <laughs> okay, so clearly we together have had I mean, have had and continue to have fantastic friendship. But how about the friendships with other women in our lives? So, like, what would you say or how would you, like, typify or categorize the types of women you feel like you attract as friends? Or what type of women are you generally attracted to as potential friends for you? Ooh, that is a really good question. Um... I will answer the type of woman I'm attracted to as a friend. Okay. First, um, I want to say, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to say this and sound like a jerk, but usually like not the conventional everyday, like I, I'm going to live a traditional life and have a wife and, or <laughs> have a wife. That would not be traditional. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Oh, get married and have kids. And that's all my life is about. Not to say that that's a bad thing. Right. But more or less, like, I love video games and board games. So people who like those things generally in touch with their awkward and nerdy side. Because, awesome, I, I relate to that stuff. Right. Play video games, cool. Let's talk about that. Uh, I feel like I'm more attracted to that type of a person. And there's a lot of women like that in my company that I work for. Because we're a software company, so there's a lot of smart people and a lot of nerds. And I love yeah. it. Um, so I'm, uh, there's always a small part of me, like even as an adult, I have that little like child voice. That's like, I want to be friends with you. Can we be friends? <laughs> and <laughs> I don't think that really ever goes away for people. And if it does, I don't know what that's like, but that's always there. As far as the types of women I attract as friends, they are definitely strong and independent and opinionated women and I love it um I'm thinking of you of course and even Roxanne like our friend Roxanne she's a very strong opinionated woman and um even if we don't talk as much as you know we used to and and I I hate that and and I can think of other women in my past that kind of fit that same criteria and I'm like I guess that's just the type of woman I need to be around and I I love it I'm for it yeah, 100%. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm the same. I attract women who are confident, who are generally who are loud. <laughs> I'm also loud. I may not be loud on this podcast because I can control the volume, but um, and for women who have passions, specific passions. Yes. Um, so that tends to be who I 
who I feel like I attract as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like sometimes I also attract women who are competitive and kind of have insecurities that are connected to that competition. Um, I, they usually don't last long in my life, obviously, because I'm not competitive. And so when you have a woman in your life who's trying to compete against you, but you're not providing a chase, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Then yeah. she either becomes infuriated or whatever, or she just kind of dies away. So I feel like those particular types of women that I have attracted that are like that, they don't last long. And I can't think of any that I currently have around me. Not that I would say names if I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I am definitely attracted to women who seem to be fun loving as mm-hmm. friends. Um, someone who has like a fantastic sense of humor or, or I guess this is going to sound, I think a little narcissistic, but like seems to get my sense of humor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm like, yeah, let's be friends. So yeah. Also, I feel like I, I'm definitely attracted to women who nerd out on, at, on something. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's something that I also nerd out on or that I might peripherally nerd out on, then I'm still super interested in what they have to say or talk about in that particular um, field or arena. So I I like to try to make friends with people like that. Mm-hmm. That's and, very true. Yeah. You're very embracing of my video game obsession. I love it because <laughs> um, yeah. it's uniquely you. You know, just like you, except that I don't know shit about Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, remember the Hogwarts sorting episode we did for oh, you? Yeah. And you had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> just answering questions. I don't know. It was great. <laughs> Ravenclaw, just as I suspected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because I think I mentioned this earlier that I'm not as trusting of a person. Well, I didn't say that specifically, but it's because I'm not as trusting of a person that it's hard for me to let people in because I want to have that deeper connection. And that's hard to get with certain people. So there's like three people in my life that, you know, all are independent women, strong, great sense of humor and, and whether it's like our kind of sense of humor where we can be silly and goofy together and another friend I'm thinking about, Amy, she's similar. We can just say the most ridiculous thing to each other or we could just like vent to each other and say something absolutely way out there. Yeah. And it's like, I'm having the worst day. Please hurl me into the sun. And it's like, I'm right there with you. I, I understand. And it's not like, oh my God, oh, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> nothing like that you should not be friends with women who do that to you i mean unless you unless you genuinely say something you shouldn't right if you're just trying to express your feelings Mm -hmm. gotta support your girl's feelings that level of dramatics that her and i share Mm -hmm. and there's that the literal no judgment there in it like and and we like, we like pass it on. Like I will be super dramatic and just raging one day, and she will hear all about it. And then like the next week, she'll do the same thing. And the response is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm for it. I think it's good to to have a degree of guard. Everyone can't be trusted, but I also believe that there is a glove for every hand. So mm-hmm. I feel like. No matter who you are or what type of person you are, or what types of things you're into, there is a kindred spirit or more out there. There's definitely at least one. I feel like there's probably five. Like you've got a community. So mm-hmm. just just know that if you're battling with feeling nobody will like you. It's just it's not true. Mm-hmm. Well, um, next question. What are some women based friendships that you see? and admire and this could be fictional or real what i love is how we both chose fictional relationships but that's what we see the most often in media we don't really get to see like a lot of uh women friendships repeatedly in media like we know gail and oprah is one example but you don't know much about their friendship which you know their personal lives and who they are 
as individuals off camera is not our business. So I'm not saying that we should, but you don't know the, the intricacies and the dynamics like you do for characters created on television. Mm-hmm. But okay, so I chose the Golden Girls. Oh, that's a good one. I freaking love the Golden Girls. And now as I'm talking, I'm thinking about another one. Mm. Can I have two? Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so the Golden Girls, obviously, because obviously, because it's the yeah. Golden Girls, right? Every single, and I feel like every single character. I carry elements of all four of those characters within me. And -hmm. I feel like so do my friends. But I just love how they just respect each other's differences. But they're all very different. Uh, They all, like, receive the world in very unique ways. But they all just generally cohabitate or coexist, coexist um, really well together. I remember even when, what was it? I think Rose and Blanche got in that fight and Rose like was going to move back to Mount St. Olive and they went to go get her or something like that. Like they, it, they still came back together, you know, and um, stay friends. And even when they're like throwing shade and stuff like that to each other, they still stay together. So I like that. Mm-hmm. The other one I was thinking about that popped in my head in the middle of it was, have you ever seen Absolutely Fabulous? Mm-mm, I haven't. Oh, Fab is one of my favorite shows, and I there's no explanation <laughs> explanation for, for why. I just love the show. It's a British TV show. I've been watching it for oh, years. Oh, I'm surprised I haven't watched. Like, yeah, excuse me, Girl, miss me loving all I, British things. <laughs> I feel like I fell in love with Ab Fab in college. I think. Either in college or right after I graduated when I moved into my first apartment. It was early, though, that I discovered AbFab. And I'm like, what is this amazing television? It is it is nothing. Don't watch it expecting anything. Because it mm-hmm. is just foolishness from, <laughs> from beginning to end. <laughs> it is so great. Anyway, but there's two, <laughs> there's two women on the show that are central to the show. And I'm sorry, I don't remember their names. Uh, I know that's terrible. I've been watching the show for years. I don't know these characters' names. All I know is I freaking love this show. It's just ridiculous. Um, but anyway, they're, they're two best friends that you can tell they have this deep love for each other, even though sometimes it feels like they're friends begrudgingly because they're like not very nice to each other but what I love is when they could be they could be at odds right and sometimes they say sharp and and witty stuff to each other but what I love is when they gang up on other people it Mm. is hilarious and I think that it's one of those things like you and me can be in a fight but if somebody steps to you and and it's talking crazy to you. That's the end of this fight because now we need to address the problem in front of us. That kind of situation. That's very true. That's very true. And I love that in friendships. So mm. I anyway. do too. Um, yeah, and I'm surprised. I haven't even heard of it. And I went through yeah, a phase really, where I just I like watched all show. UK shows. <laughs> yeah, no, girl. I, I think it's on Netflix. I okay. think I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, okay, how about you? Well, I'm gonna have to say Grace and Frankie. I do love Grace and Frankie. That's clearly our future. And I mean, you know, I don't know if that is the husband's confessing they're gay part of it, but either way, that is our future. Let's think about that for a second. So let's say, I mean, Mm. we're in our thirties now. They were married to their husbands early, but let's just say. It was like what? 20, 30 years. Yeah. They had been together 30 years, I think. Yeah. Okay. So we get married and then we discover in our 70s that our husbands are in love with each other and actually have been having a relationship with each other. Now, as I sit and think about it, am I, am I mad? But like, I don't have kids. We don't have kids. And I'm going to get this fabulous house and somebody else is going to wipe your ass for you. <laughs> Am I, am I upset? And I get to live with my best friend for the rest of my days. You know, when you put it that way, I'm not really that mad about it. I think what? for me, I would be hurt. I would yeah. be, because I would like to imagine I'm deeply in love with the person. Yes, I, I should consider not, that. 
Yeah, and, and I'm like <laughs> actually in love with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> now that you put it like that, yeah. Um, because <laughs> um, like in the show, they're almost forced together, and at yeah. least Grace, she didn't like Frankie. And Frankie was just like, oh, this is great. Hi, I love you. Like, you know, this will be, we can, we can work on this. What, like, we, or whatever. Yeah. We wouldn't really have that factor. No, we wouldn't. Um, but for them, it's like, even though the same, they're like complete opposites. Mm-hmm. But they're, they come together in this time of turmoil. And though they have conflicts that are pretty serious at certain points of the show, they work through it. And it's usually Grace being this, narcissistic but you know let's be real she's being very selfish and is probably drunk saying stupid things but then she realizes in the moments when it's important it's just like oh i fucked up real big and she's like no i need you as a friend i'm realizing i love you and then and then it would it comes to the point in the show where they realize how much they really do need each other and love each other and they want to be together and like support each other in that friendship it's just, it's funny, it's amazing, it's sweet and heartwarming. I laugh and I cry when I watch it, and I just love it so much. And also, yeah. it's her, so, you know. I'm going to keep uh, saying because it, it will happen. Whether, I mean, I even told, I even told Corey, I was like, listen, this is going to happen. So, I'm not saying you have to, like, eventually be gay. Like, we can still be, you know, wonderful and happily married, and we're just going to end up being living in a big old beach house mansion with Anne, and it's fine. I don't know, honestly, why more people don't just go in on purchasing a big-ass house. You know? A, your best friend is there. B, you're paying much less on mortgage, and you're not having to deal with the shit you have to deal with with renting. You know? Come on. Find somebody you love and just buy a big, huge house. Well, since we've talked about friendships with fellow women, how about friendships with men? We're talking specifically, in our case, which is cis heterosexual women with cis heterosexual men. Uh, I know that's a very, very consolidated, small portion of the world that's out there, but we talk about it because it's kind of more or less our experience. Right. And the primarily woes of trying to be friends with men. So it tends to be cis het men that are the ones that are like God, it's the worst. You just slap your face constantly. <sighs> <laughs> so my and question I still is love them though. Yeah, of course, yes. So my question is, can cis het men and women truly be friends? And what is your experience with this? Okay. So I have very little experience. Because, and as I sit and reflect on this kind of as I'm actively talking, but also as I had this conversation with a friend earlier in the week, I think because I just didn't have these established relationships with men growing up. My dad wasn't around. My uncle did, you know, what he could, but he lived in a different state. He had his own family. I just didn't learn that boys were your friends. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. So then I didn't really grow up with a lot of cishet men that I would have considered like my close friends, like friends, friends. I'm sure I used the term friends casually as a kid, you know, but now I do have a friend that I work with that I would say, yeah, we're friends. There's not a, there's not a weird vibe or anything. We're really a lot of like, we're like venting friends sometimes. Oh, Um, those are good friends. Yes, yes. (laughs) But we also, you know, catch up with each other just on generally on what's happening in our lives. But he's probably one of the first and one of the few that I can even think of that I was straight up friends with. I think that it could happen, but I do not think it is happening or has historically happened at the frequency with which it may be purported by other individuals. Because I'm not convinced that at all times when a man has told me that someone was just his friend, that that individual Mm. was just his friend. Or that he only saw that person as a friend. Or that that person 
only saw him as a friend. I don't always think that those things were as they were made out to be. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And and I can relate to that statement too, because anytime I'm in the past, if I was dating someone or just talking to someone or something and, and they make that comment like, oh, I'm, I'm friends with my ex, which honestly, that's a whole different conversation. It is. Um, or just like, no, like I got my, the, this, you know, we're going to go hang out and this girl will be here. And yeah, she's like my best friend and we grew up or whatever. And I'm like, oh, there's always that small thought that I do have. That's a little bit sus, a yeah. little bit sus. Yeah. And what you mentioned earlier about, you know, not having, you know, like your father around a lot or other, like it wasn't a thing to know that boys or men could be friends. And I think for my side, it was a lot of, yeah, as a girl, it's like you're taught, you have to dress a certain way, you can't be too revealing, you can't show your shoulders, and then like the school dress codes because it's distracting for boys and all that stuff we grew up with kind of like instilled in my mind that, huh, I guess I can't trust them because they're just... I don't want to give off the wrong idea yeah, because yeah. that means, oh no, they're going to attack me. Um, but growing up, like that was, that was a pretty heavy thing that I, I knew and dealt with and experienced. I did have more guy friends like in high school. It's an interesting story. There's two, two directions here. One in relation to cis hetero men we would be friends. And to me, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, we're just hanging out. We connect together. We're talking about the same things. It's, you know, again, like I was a video game person. I loved gaming and stuff. So that would be a common topic because it's a very common thing with boys. But then there would always be, there would always be a time where then it would become, oh, I really like you. I think we should go out. And then I would be like, oh. <laughs> You just made this awkward. I only see you as a friend. I love hanging out, but I just don't see you that way. And then it would be really awkward, and then we wouldn't talk. Or there was a time in high school, uh, my one particular best friend of mine, he, I think about a year into our friendship, he actually came out of the closet and said, hey, I'm, I, I'm like gay, so that's a thing. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. I mean, I... I kind of had an idea, but thank you for telling me. And yeah, so that's kind of different. Well, he was actually gay, so that's not a cishet man. man. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think it is possible because maybe this goes into the whole friend zone concept. Like, do we think the friend zone exists? I think no, because it is a construct that was built by men who have been rejected because... I don't want to say, I know, I know, okay? Before you even say it, before you even say it, anybody listening, not all men, we know, okay? We know, calm down. No. <laughs> like, but it is a primarily cis heterosexual thing, like male thing that has happened, excuse me, not male, man, from rejection, like, oh, I, I'm expressing interest in being nice and doing this. And then the woman expresses, hey, I... I you know, you're awesome. You're cool. I just, I just don't see you romantically in that, you know, in that way. So they're just like, oh man, I got friend zoned. And to them, it's, it's a bad thing. It's right. being friend zoned is a bad thing. I'm sorry. You being nice and being a basic good human being does not mean any woman owes you sex. So if you are quote unquote friend zoned, hey, guess what? Maybe that's a good thing because you get to have a great friendship with someone and talk about real deep shit. So when you are in a relationship with someone, maybe you can talk about some certain things like, hey, I'm worried about this in my relationship. Oh, as a woman, I can offer this input. <laughs> well, I got off like you on a tangent <laughs> there. Listen, girl, you found your soapbox and you said, I'm about to stand right here for a second. <laughs> Let me just step up here a second. And it's okay. Uh, <laughs> but what I was going to say, um, I do think it is possible to that point for those that understand that the friend zone is it, within the context, the negative connotation is not real because people who actually respect someone else as another like, hey, you're another human being. 
with feelings and thoughts and a personality, and I respect that, I think at that point, yeah, of course you can be friends. I've made friends through streaming. One person in particular, like he actually came here to visit and we hung out. Um, and, And perhaps because we were both single and heterosexual people, he stayed at a hotel. I stayed in my place just to be like, yeah, let's not get the wrong idea. And we just hung out, went to the beach, chatted about life stuff. And it was wonderful. And and I still consider him a wonderful friend. So I think it's possible when, you know, it's not the kind of guy that we've dealt with primarily. A big old poop head guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I concur. Just in general, I I think that it's a... It's a silly concept, and actually, I um, I saw a thread on Twitter. This girl had, or no, this guy had posted, "Oh wow, girls get friend zone too." And so this girl had retweeted it, and she was like, "Yeah, we just don't freak out about it," you know. And I thought it was funny as I kind of read through the, tr- the thread, but it was the same thing you were saying. It's just that we don't view uh, rejection of our romantic affections as some affront that requires some kind of condescending terminology, you know, so. Yeah. Anywho. I understand in that rejection, like you're shooting your shot, you're taking a chance. Ooh, it's not the same on the other, for the other party. And I get it. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. I've done that too. And there's times where I'm like, okay, I feel really weird now. I probably shouldn't have said anything. So you just kind of chill for a bit and not say anything. But then does it kind of come back together and you're like, <laughs> remember that awkward thing? <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> or you just move on from it together. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think that's more of a healthy thing. But So I know that you are good friends with your brother, Jason. And I think it'd be good to talk a little bit about um, friendships with family. So how old were you or roughly how old were you when you realized that your brother was your best friend? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I want to say, I want to say it was multiple times because like we grew up together, you know, we played together, we hung out together, we made up games together. And, you know, of course we fought like siblings, but it wasn't, you know, the next day we'd be like completely fine. Be like, all right, well, whatever. So I feel like I kind of considered him my best friend when we were kids. And then maybe through growing up, discovering new friendships and the age difference, even though it was two years of a difference, I think it was enough of a difference through a certain time in life to be very different. Like it was a huge gap at a certain point. So it was a very different, a huge divide between our personalities and our likes and interests that we were a bit distant from each other. Not that we didn't like each other. It was just, we were on different wavelengths for a while. And then when we came back together as, you know, younger adults, I, I say younger adults, like I'm super old. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, <laughs> you feel but, it sometimes. I do feel it. Mm-hmm. But like going into 20s and again, and then more, maybe more into it. I want to say early 30s. I'm still in my early 30s. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's just, now that we're adults, we've reconnected that friendship. So my answer is, there's two times, when we were children, children, and now again as adults. Uh, Maybe as teenagers, a little bit touch and go, but primarily those two. I would say I don't think that I knew that my siblings were my friends, or I didn't recognize them as my friends until I was an adult. Because just like you said, I mean, there's the typical sibling things when you're growing up and you mature at different times, your, you know, your hormones and shit run through you at different wavelengths at different times, especially if you're close in age. But no, just now that we're real life adults with some have kids, some have, you know, like booming careers, buying houses, etc., um, we are genuinely friends. And so mm-hmm. I just remember sitting and thinking about that. Like I actually want to spend time with my siblings. Like I don't want to go anywhere. I want to hang out at the house with them where it used to be. I cannot wait to get the fuck away from them. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's great. I think it's great um, that we've been able to mature that way. For sure. Um, How about parental figures as friends? Okay, so let me tell you, when I was in middle school, it would blow my mind when I would hear girls say that their mother was their best friend. Mm. I remember being so confused because that's not how my house was run. And like for some of my friends um, at that time, some of them, their mothers really did behave like they were best friends with their like 11 and 12 year old daughter, which is weird. Um, And some were just regular moms, but you know, they just had good relationships with their daughters. Mm -hmm. I would say though, my grandmother um, was definitely my best friend. We did not grow in our relationship until I had moved back home from college and started to see each other more and hang out more and spend time more and just kind of talk about things more. But I mean, it grew into just full-fledged relation or full-fledged friendship. I remember one time I went to go see her and I just went to go over there and chat, but she said something about a milkshake and I was like, milkshakes actually sound amazing right now and she's like let's go get some and I'm like yes please so we went to go get milkshakes um from cookout Mm. and I remember driving back home she's like sipping on her milkshake she's so content and happy and she turns over and she looks at me and she goes this milkshake is the bomb (laughs) And when I, that's one of my favorite memories. Because <laughs> First of all, my grandmother is a conservative Jehovah's Witness. I didn't even know that she knew phrases like the bomb. But the fact that not only she knew it, she used it, she meant it. And you can see it all in her face that that milkshake was hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. It was fun to go on little adventures like that with her. So, yeah. Well, for mine, I mean, I definitely have, there's like a a friendship, a deep friendship with my mother. I I guess it wasn't always there. I mean, not to say it was bad at any point, you know, teen angst, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of you know, hormones pull you in and be like, no, you're my mom. You just don't understand. <laughs> emo. And bless my mother for her patience putting up with my shit during that time. <laughs> Cause she was my mom and she knows how to pull that mother card. You know, you mentioned yeah. some moms who are, Oh, I'm just going to be my child's best friend. No, my mom's like, yeah, sure. But I'm going to tell you what's what. Yeah. But now into adulthood, I, she's, God, I love her so much. She just knows me and understands me on a spiritual level that only a mother could. And we share things together. We have the silliest memories together. Like just the other day, like she came over and we had a little brunch because I hadn't seen her in a while and, you know, social distance a a bit. Well, maybe not as much as we should have. I feel guilty about that, but... Um, and we were just reminiscing on how we used to go to Starbucks every day together to get pumpkin spice lattes and our <laughs> stories of laughing at people taking our orders or just laughing about the silliest things. And, and I love that we have this silly friendship, but I think it really, really deepened a lot more when I basically went to my parents' house when I knew it, the marriage was over. Yeah. And was like, mom, think my marriage is over. And she just hugged me. And it opened a door for me to, for us both to finally be honest and divulge some details to each other that, you know, things that she saw in the past that she was maybe afraid to tell me or withheld because maybe she thought I would be upset and be like, mom, like you can't, I just, you just don't get it. Which I probably would have. I would have been defensive. Yeah. Um, or me just finally being like, here's full disclosure and honesty of what's going on. And I, I think that just connected us in a deeper way. One thing I think about a lot is how I notice around just generally 
that um, optically, um, or it seems that people kind of don't have a lot of intermixing of their friendship mm-hmm. circles. And so I, what do you think about how important is it to have a diverse group of friends? Very important. I mean, how, how else are you going to build your understanding from different people's perspectives? Um, if, if, for example, you know, I'm a white girl and I grew up with white privilege. That's just a fact. And if I only surround myself with other people with that opinion, I'm just going to be mimicking that same point of view. And if I don't, you know, you know, I'm, you're my best friend and you are also a black woman who has a very different background and life and perspective that you can share with me that it can build my understanding. And I have that desire to know and to understand. So I just think the broader that pool is, the better because otherwise you get stuck in this tunnel vision of oh no this is my life and like no systemic racism isn't a thing like what do you mean i'm not bothered by it <laughs> like no <laughs> come on yeah i think about what a privilege i've found it to be to have such a diverse circle of friends i think i i know for a fact that i've grown in the experiences that I've had through being friends with people who um, have experienced life very similarly to me, who've grown up similarly to me, maybe even like in my neighborhood or went to school with, but also people who grew up differently than me. Um, Also, I think about like my relationship with my friends who are part of the queer community. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just like, all the things we would miss out on and how shallow our lives would be if we did not incorporate people who live lives that are outside of our own cultural spectrum or like our cultural scope or whatever. For instance, just being able to be a part of events with my friends who are in the queer community and listen and have real conversations um, and to gain deeper learning and, and and develop this, I don't know, I guess relationships. Anyway, it just, I feel like it has made life richer. You know, like it just has made life richer to know that there are so many different types of people and to have those intimate friendships. Moving here to DC, I ended up making friends with a couple of ladies who are from India or who are Indian. I mean, I think one was born here and one was born in India. Um, but that's, so that's been cool too, you know, because that's not an experience I've had at all in North Carolina. So yeah, I think that it only makes your life brighter and richer and more exciting to have people in it that are different than you. And to your point, it also broadens your perspective and understanding on things that impact cultures and communities that are not your own. And, and how you affect that. If I did not have a community of queer friends, I would not know and be conscious of ways that as a straight woman and as a, a cis-het woman, the ways that I could be perpetuating oppression against them and just, you know, not be aware of it. And then, and like you said, and if I'm around a bunch of people who are the same way, doing the same things, then... That's not going to be helpful. Yep, exactly. It's very true. It just helps you empathize with other people as well to, you know, build that empathy muscle. Agreed. Mm. Well, for our last topic, do you have any fears or insecurities when entering new friendships? Um, I, yes. So my anxiety (laughs) in general... (laughs) is always on 11 and it is always hoping that people like me even though I put up this great facade that's not really a facade because I recognize when it's my anxiety and when it's something that I actually care about but that I'm that I'm not concerned about whether or not people like me I do have a people pleasing um, bone that you know is always tingling in my body so that said, I will get insecurities about being able to 
be a part of the conversation, being able to relate to things. I will say this particular insecurity that I'm going to share is dying down, but I used to for a long time have an insecurity with making new friends who are Black because I was bullied so much throughout my life on basically not being Black enough, not sounding Mm -hmm. Black, not acting Black, not wearing the right clothes, not knowing certain terminology and stuff like that, not being familiar with certain things that maybe was considered Black that I just didn't have experience with. And so then that just kind of negated my Blackness. So for a long time, I had a hard time with making new Black friends because I didn't I was afraid that they would also uh, judge me or say some of the same things or make me feel that way again. And so I often would do things, try not to speak much, but just listen more and, and encourage them to speak more and try to pick up on things that we had in common versus sharing anything that was particularly unique about me. Mm-hmm. So that I didn't run the risk of that uniqueness being classified as something that didn't make me black enough. I'm so glad, though, that I don't still carry that complex. I hate that I did because mm-hmm. I feel like I, I probably missed out on some really great relationships. But I'm I'm glad that like God has really brought me through that because that was something that was really a shameful component of my life and in wanting to develop new friendships and new uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I was about to say, I feel the same, but I can't say like, no, because I don't share that same memory. (laughs) Like I was about to say, I understand, but also I feel like, no, hold on. Like, (laughs) no, I I feel you. And I I too have insecurities and fears going into friendships almost has been to a point that before someone would even have the chance to reject me, I reject myself from the friendship because I'm too afraid of being rejected at times. I have a lot of similar worries of, oh, am I being too weird? Am I not saying enough? Am I listening? Oh, geez, I'm disconnecting right now because there's a lot going on. I can't hear the person talking. Like if we're in a loud space, you know, the overthinking kicks in and I begin to just, if one thing is said off, I had more of a tendency to latch onto that and say, oh, God, they hate me. That's it. Just nope, you're good. (laughs) All right. Well, that has been an incredible conversation about friendships. I'm going to be honest. I sit and think a lot about friendships and how interesting it is the way human beings just connect together by choice especially some odd couple friendships, you know, like how did that happen? But they love being together like Grace and Frankie. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it gives me the warmest and warmest fuzzies. Oh, yes. So as of then, we move into the inspo spot. So, okay, I would just like to encourage our listeners, specifically our American listeners, that I know. Shit sucks. Mm. The fuck shit of 2020 on all sides in an election year is Mm -hmm. bananas. Yeah. And I know that it really, especially with like the pandemic and the way, you know, every other day somebody's killed unarmed by the police and uh, trying to figure out whether or not your kids should or should not go to school and just all kinds of just wild bananas things happening. It's easy to just think there is no hope, like to just feel this hopelessness of, Mm -hmm. I just can't, I just can't. So I just want to be there to be supportive and say, you know what, today, hopefully, you were able to keep yourself Mm -hmm. dressed, fed, breathing, and clean. And because you were able to do those things, you have successfully completed your mission. I feel like just sometimes taking some 
solace in the fact that keeping myself alive is important work and I did that today. So I'm just gonna, that's my accomplishment and I don't need to accomplish anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I would like to encourage you in that capacity. So you kept yourself alive. Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. And yes, you deserve however many glasses of champagne you want. <laughs> yes. I so that's, that's my spot. That's well said. Sometimes just waking up, maybe taking a shower, if that's what you accomplished for the day, then good for you. That's That's all you need to do. Yep. Some days be like that. That's right. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining FaceTime Chats. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at FaceTime Chats Pod. Please remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And before we leave, keep in mind the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So speak often and speak loudly. Keep learning, keep growing, and keep being better. See you next time. Bye. Bye.